0: Kyle Krabs here host of locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts a few of the less popular names on the Dolphins defensive depth chart shined during Miami's 45 to 15 victory over Washington on Sunday a look at their performances here today on Locked On Dolphins.
1: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Cal Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Host of Locked On Dolphins, co host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON NFL for $20 off your first purchase on last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Dolphins. 15 points allowed defensively against Washington. You had a frantic scramble from Sam Howell on a fourth down uh, for one touchdown. And and quite frankly, Bradley Chubb was indeed held by Charles Leno on that play. Uh, Tried to sack him with one arm and allowed Sam Howell to get up through the pocket. Subsequent two-point conversion. And of course, the chunk play with the mismatch of the running back against Jerome Baker in coverage on a delayed release uh, up the sideline that uh, put the Commanders in position to score their first offensive touchdown on the play that got Jerome Baker hurt, which is where we want to start today's show, because our first segment's all about the unheralded heroes, and obviously one of these names has been thrust into the spotlight, uh, courtesy of the injury to Jalen Phillips. But I had a chance to watch the All-22, and I cannot say enough. About the performance of two linebackers for Miami in this contest. One is a pass rusher, Andrew Van Ginkle. The other is Duke Riley, who stepped in for Jerome Baker after Jerome Baker uh, suffered that unfortunate knee injury. And we'll have some injury updates for you a little bit later on during today's show as well, including an update from Mike McDaniel on Tuesday about dot, 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 Jerome Baker. But we got to start with Duke Riley, who, who is thrust into this game and just really played a really good football game for the Dolphins. It was uh, a really nice treat to see Duke Riley get some run defensively. He has not had too many opportunities this season. He was a little bit more prevalent defensively for the team last year as kind of a, a rotational extra guy. Uh, the, the Dolphins really, they they found their rotational third guy at stack linebacker to be inter-Van Ginkle because they want a little bit more mass, presumably. Uh, Van Ginkle's a bigger body. Duke Riley is not. So Jerome Baker goes out, and, and I would say the one a distinct difference between the two is the physicality component. I think Jerome's a little bit of a more physical player. I think he's a little bit more heavy with his hands. I think he's a little longer. But Duke's rangy, man. he He's quick-twitched. He saw the field really well, and that's one thing that stood out to me about Duke Riley in this football game was just how fast he was to react on a number of plays, whether it was a screen, a delayed screen, which he triggered and beat the blocks in space and got downhill and forced effectively an incompletion, or if it was the uh, check down to the running back, Antonio Gibson, underneath when Washington tried to clear everything out and get a one-on-one in space with a swing route to try to set up a first down. And that was on a drive. I believe that was the possession where Washington did end up scoring. But Duke Riley made a really nice one-on-one tackle. And he was not the backer to the side of the running back when that play started. So Washington's in shotgun. And Antonio Gibson is off to his right-hand side. And Sam Hell takes the snap. And he just runs a swing round. Well, the linebacker to that side is David Long. And he's firing on a blitz. And then you've got Duke Riley who has to to track with that, but he's two gaps behind the back from the start of the play. And it was a really, really nice effort to just get on your horse, get out there and make a play. And that's exactly what he did. So for however long Duke Riley is going to be with us as a starter in the lineup, presuming he is the one who maintains the starting role. Here's the good news. I look at the next two weeks and I think Duke Riley's range will come in quite helpful. And it seems as though this is somebody who, when thrust into a starting role and, and being the communicator defensively, uh, would that, that opportunity was not too heavy for Duke Riley. Your offenses the next two weeks include a rookie quarterback in Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans with a poor offensive line that you should continue to have success against as far as the the talent in the trenches. And the New York Jets, again, who have cut Tim Boyle, who started the game just two weeks ago. They moved to Trevor Simeon. It was a disaster. They're adding Brett Rippin to the practice. Like that's going to be a musical chairs quarterback situation as well. So I think Duke Riley with the performance he put on display against Washington, particularly over the next two weeks is in a position to give you meaningful reps, a starting reps and, and bridge help you bridge the gap. Now, How quickly Jerome Baker is going to be able to return is to be determined. Mike McDaniel did say earlier today that he is week to week. Uh, But he said he will not go on injured reserve. So if things go well, could you get Jerome Baker back for Dallas in three weeks? Who knows? But at the very least, you feel like Duke Riley, with what he put on display, showcased an ability to execute the, the coverage responsibilities and the speed and range to be a scrape player. Now the downhill runs will be a challenge. And that was one thing that I think Washington did do particularly well in this contest. And that's a credit to Eric B because Washington, you know, you had the big, I think it was a 28 yard run, uh, for, uh, Brian Robinson around the right edge before he left with a hamstring injury. Um, You had another run from Chris Rodriguez where he splits an interior gap and forces a missed tackle from Brandon Jones uh, to get some extra yardage. Washington rushed for 138 yards, which is the second most yardage allowed this season for the Miami Dolphins. The way that they did that will kind of lead our next segment here on Locked on Dolphins uh, as we continue working through the recap, and then we'll talk about Andrew Van Kinkle as well here recapping this Washington victory for the last time before we switch our gears and turn our focus to the Tennessee Titans. I had a chance to go to FedEx Field. I'm sure you're tired of hearing me talk about it by now, but it was a very pleasant experience to get my tickets and get lined up, and it was a last-minute purchase, courtesy of our friends over at GameTime. GameTime is obsessed with finding you ways to save money on tickets, and GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase so you could take the stress out of buying tickets. GameTime gives you sight lines from your seat to the field or the court or the pitch or the stage or whatever else may be. You get all-in prices, so it shows you no hidden fees when you go to put your tickets in your cart. You know exactly what you're going to be paying when you check out, and you can purchase tickets with just a few taps. GameTime offers zone deals, so you can pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of eighteen percent savings, and the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets for your football, basketball, baseball, concert, comedy, theater, or whatever else event that you want to go to with Game Time, and you find those tickets in the same section and row for less than what you bought on Game Time, Game Time will credit you one hundred and ten percent of the t- of the the price. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: One thing that I thought the Commanders did pretty well, uh, the Dolphins continued to uh, play nickel defense, nickel personnel. You saw Raquan Davis had a decent clip. I think he was at 35% of defensive snaps for this contest, but uh, some of that was in the two-man stuff. It wasn't necessarily your base defensive personnel. Washington ran some... Gap concepts in the run game that change the formational strength, uh, which is an exploitation of these Fangio defensive rules. So as an example, uh, the nickel always goes to the passing strength, which is the side that's going to have more eligibles. That's one of the rules of the Fangio defenses. We're going to set formational strength to where the numbers are. So if you go three by one, for an example, the nickel is going to go to the three-man side. If you have a sniffer or a tight end who's off the ball and you run power away and you pull the guard and you bring the sniffer around and you wrap, you've taken the formational strength on one side of the formation. And if you pull a guard and bring the tight end from one side and flip them to the other side, it does change where your run strength is. You have more numbers on the other side of the center. I thought Washington did a pretty good job on a number of occasions of hitting the Dolphins with some reps of that capacity and able to get these backs north and south against the Dolphins' defense. And the Dolphins have to tackle better. Um, you saw the the big explosive play that was conceded up the right-hand side. We mentioned that were already from Brian Robinson. That was a play where I thought Brandon Jones and Xavier Howard on the perimeter around the sticks. It could have been a, a, a run for a first down. Um, Brandon Jones kind of overruns it. Xavier Howard's kind of working off a wide receiver, doesn't really get his body in a good position. And he runs right through it, and he picks up another chunk gain of another 10-plus yards. Uh, Brandon Jones coming downhill from the roof, trying to fill, filling in for Javon Holland. Chris Rodriguez kind of jumps through his tackle attempt. He leaves his feet a little early. Uh, you get a, You give up an extra five yards. Little instances like that, like Bradley Chubb, you're backed up inside your own 10-yard line if you're Washington, and Bradley Chubb gets penetration, he hits an inside move, and he squares up the running back, and the back jukes him out, and then picks up a four-yard gain, but it could have been a four-yard loss. So it's a big swing. Instances like that, uh, I think, are something to be mindful of because I do think Washington found a little more success than I would have expected running the football. Now, all things said, they had 11 first downs and 245 yards offense, and they scored two on two possessions because of uh, chaos plays from the quarterback in scramble mode. I get it. It happens. It's not a big deal. But if you get into Dallas or Baltimore, and they start hitting you with those kinds of of concepts, that's when you're going to have to be mindful, and you're going to have to hope that you play up to – playing at the box disadvantage, and then also probably playing with the numbers disadvantage on the other side of the center. And that comes down the linebacker keys and reads from your safeties from depth to get downhill and fit the run. And if it's a condensed formation, your corners got to be involved in the tackle or in, in the the run fit. So those things for Miami are, are something that I'll be looking for moving forward. I'm sure Tennessee will, will probe some of that just because of the nature of Tennessee and their offense and Derrick Henry. Um, who is not in concussion protocol is kind of reported early on Monday that he may be, he is not in concussion protocol. Uh, So you're going to have to be prepared to deal with King Henry. And he's absolutely still got some juice in the tank. Now, is he 2000 yard Derrick Henry? No, but he's averaging 70 yards a game. He's over a thousand yard scrimmage. He's got eight touchdowns on the year. He's caught plenty of balls. He, uh, and Deandre Hopkins really are, the vast majority of Tennessee's offense. Tajay Spears is a nice change of pace, a little bit more of a slasher back, different running style, but, but can still get between the tackles. So that's a storyline for me is, is Javon Holland back in place of Brandon Jones? I think that's a little bit more of a sturdy tackling uh, outfit with Javon Holland on the back end, obviously with how good Javon Holland is, I think he's a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more rangy. I do applaud the team for putting Brandon Jones on a number of occasions in positions to do the thing that he does best. You saw them come out and run some zero pressure looks, and indeed hit Washington with one. Brandon Jones forces an incompletion on the the first end of the first possession on third down, forces Sam Howell to throw the ball early, hits him up and and hits him clean, and the ball falls harmlessly to the ground short of the sticks. It's a good way to implement and have that pitch in your arsenal if you know Brandon Jones is going to be playing meaningful snaps for you. But you can give me Javon Holland back there. Uh, any day of the week, uh, Brandon Jones is, is a player who I, I think can certainly go in this league. Uh, but I do think the fit within the scheme is going to make him probably be a casualty that will not get an extension when it's all said and done. But that's a story for another day. We do have to talk about Andrew Van Ginkle. We will finish with Andrew Van Ginkle, his starring performance. Obviously, big time play with a touchdown. But it's the plays that you don't necessarily see or the routine plays that really stand out to me as the Dolphins try to fill the void left behind by Jalen Phillips's injury. That, next, here, this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but we could just talk for a minute about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication that they needed. And Thankfully, we will be okay thanks to Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. Be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off of your order.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Van Ginkle, man. Um, talked after the game about the tell that they saw from Andrew Wiley uh, on tape for running perimeter screens. Sure enough, he felt he saw it. You could see him redirect on that play. His first step is an initial rush. and Wiley uh, kind of goes into a ghost overactive passive set and then tries to step out and release, and you could see Andrew on his second and third steps of his pass rush stem get with and up the field. Really good football IQ. That play obviously speaks for itself. It's a defensive touchdown. It's a pick six on the edge against a perimeter screen that you're trying to manufacture a touch for Terry McLaurin. But it's the plays like when you give up an interior gap, for a run, and the safety misses, but Andrew Van Ginkle hustles and plays with so much effort that he makes the tackle for an 8-yard gain as compared to what could have been a 20-yard gain because the corner is the only other player back there and he's in position to make the tackle, but he has to deal with a wide receiver who's kind of getting up in his grill. It's little plays like that. That's what makes Jalen Phillips special. It's the flexibility, it's the burst, it's the explosiveness, it's the power. And then it's the motor. And I'm not going to sit here and expect Andrew Van Ginkle to have all of that. There's a reason Andrew was a fifth-round pick and Jalen Phillips was a top-20 pick. Jalen Phillips is longer, he's more explosive, and he's more powerful, and he's about 30 pounds heavier than Andrew Van Ginkle is. But if Andrew Van Ginkle plays as hard against Washington as he does every other game the rest of the way, Miami is going to be fine as he played his rear end off and he deserves his flowers for that. And earlier today we did a show that was committed to uh, the players on the offensive side of the ball who had their thumbprints all over this victory. And it included a couple of, Early investments in Tua Tagovailoa, Austin Jackson, and Lee Meikenberg, I thought were three of the better players offensively aside of Tyreek Hill for the Dolphins on Sunday against Washington. You want to know who was amongst the top three players on the field defensively for Miami? Another draft pick from 2019, Andrew Van Ginkle. I thought was a top three player on the team for Miami on Sunday. Defensively. Played his butt off. And that's the kind of hidden effort you're going to need down the stretch to take care of business the way that you're supposed to take care of business. I applaud Andrew Van Ginkle for stepping in. You know, really, you look at this pass rush in its entirety. We mentioned yesterday that, that how much of a, a man-possessed Zach Sealer was. This is a fun storyline for this football team, and it's a little unrelated, but Andrew Van Ginkle is going to get involved in this party. Andrew Van Ginkle is fifth on this team in sacks. Sixth on this team in sacks with four. Emmanuel Ogba is tied, or is is technically fifth, with five. And he got a sack on Sunday against the Commanders. You have four players that are tied with six and a half sacks for the team lead. Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, and Zach Sealer. Who finishes the year with the most sacks from this group? If you told me it was any of the five that are still eligible to play, I would not be surprised. I would probably have Emmanuel Agba last on the list. If you told me it was Bradley Chubb, I would not be surprised. If you told me it was Christian Wilkins, I would not be surprised. If you told me it was Zach Sealer, I would not be surprised. And if you told me Andrew Vinkickle chased them all down from two and a half sacks down with how hard he played on Sunday, I wouldn't be surprised either. He was darn close to two more. He had an interior twist on one, and he had uh, one of the first, the first third down conversion of the game from Washington. He's getting run by the peak of the pocket. He's about six inches away from smacking the ball out of Sam Howell's hands as he gets run by the the apex and turn of the the pocket with his outside arc rush. Riley Chubb, like like we said, on the touchdown run from Sam Howell, was held by Charles Leno with his entire arm, like armbarred, Behind his back. And still almost got the sack and knocked the ball out of Sam Howell's hands. I have a feeling if it wasn't the score being what it was, they probably call that and the touchdown run doesn't count. It is what it is. It's the nature of the beast. Um, this Dolphins defense, continuing to play lights out, really inspired by the effort of Duke Riley stepping in for Jerome Baker. I think he will be just fine. I do think there is some physicality that you are conceding from Baker to Riley, but I do think you probably get a more dynamic player, a more, a a better runner in space in Duke Riley than Jerome Baker. A little bit of an exchange there. Does that mean a little bit more base? I don't know. We'll find out. The dolphins are going to continue to get guys meaningful reps so that hopefully you're as healthy as you can be for the playoffs. And hopefully The guys that are behind the guys you're getting back to be fully ready for the playoffs will have collected meaningful snaps throughout the course of the season so that if they have to step in in a big moment, they're ready to go. If you're looking for silver linings, that's one. If you're looking for more silver linings with this program, I'm out of here, but we'll be back tomorrow to turn our attention to the Tennessee Titans, and then we will have crossover Thursday with Locked On Titans on Thursday coming your way. So keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. Um, I'll talk to you later. Fins up.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.